0: Game is the best around. This is spoilers. This is spoilers. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the best podcast around. This is spoilers. I'm Pappy Sun, and because I edged out a trivia win in our Pulp Fiction episode, I'll be your host for this week's movie review, The Karate Kid. Joining me today, we have our own Mr. Miyagi, the only one of us who is alive during the 80s, Josh. How's Boom. it going,
1: Josh? Hello, I was alive during the 80s. Thank you.
2: Now we can't <laughs> guess who, which
0: long. Pat, you gave it away.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Josh. Joshua.
0: <laughs> and uh, next to the Big Long Proverbial League, recording from Elkhart, Indiana, we have He's So Money, He Doesn't Even Know It, Mikey Toller. Are you excited to talk about The Karate Kid, Mikey?
3: Yeah, I uh, I know a lot about this movie. I've seen it a bunch, so I'm ready to talk about it.
0: That's what I like to hear. And last but not least, a man who needs no introduction. He has a black belt in developing podcast spoilers.com. It's our <laughs> Vince the intern.
2: <laughs> Hello, Vince on here. How are we doing?
0: I think we're all doing pretty great, so let's get right into it. Uh, today on Spoilers, we're going to be breaking down The Karate Kid, and, and the way I kind of want to go about it today is is talk about the film in three acts, because it's got a pretty clear three-act story structure, a setup, montage shitty, and then the uh, the big fight. Then more the montage. <laughs> uh, so in act one, we meet Daniel LaRusso, a New Jersey kid who's had his life turn, twist turned upside down by moving to California <laughs> from New Jersey. He meets his love interest, the beautiful Allie, her jealous ex-boyfriend, who's the bully of the town, along with his Cobra Kai gang, as well as the mysterious handyman, Mr. Miyagi, or Miyoshi, as he's incorrectly pronounced. Uh, In this first act, we see Daniel dress up as a shower and go to a school dance, uh, and it wraps up with uh, Miyagi ex-Machina jumping out of nowhere and saving him from a skeleton gang. Um, This first act is a pretty substantial setup, it's about 45 minutes long, we only see Daniel get his ass kicked the whole time. So I guess that's sort of my first question to you guys is, what did you think about the characters, especially in this first act, and are the beatings of Daniel excessive?
2: (laughs) So 80s. It's just so 80s. The kid new in uh, high school, new in town, getting picked on by like the big tough guy, then going after the tough guy's ex-girlfriend. So 80s.
1: I loved it. Uh, I was kind of hoping he'd get his ass kicked a little more. He's kind of a little doucher to his mom. Uh, I don't know, not really. He's he's acting kind of like any kid would. Um, they had to set him up to get pretty desperate, I think, in the first act.
3: I like uh, I like his first friend that he makes over at his apartment building, and so Freddie Fernandez to the beach on the very <laughs> yeah they go out to the beach on the very first night, and uh, Daniel gets his ass kicked by the Cobra Kai gang, <laughs> and then uh, Freddie doesn't want to be his friend anymore <laughs> after that ass whooping.
0: You picked the coolest kids to hang out with, Freddy, or something like that, as he gets sandblasted <laughs> yeah. in his face from the mopeds.
1: <laughs> was he oh, God. was he gone then? Was that character gone from the movie, or was he part of the gang later? That was unclear.
0: That's the last time you see Freddy Fernandez in this film, so yeah, it's I don't kind of I, a, yeah.
1: a wasted
0: space there. And this movie comes in at two <laughs> hours long. I don't know if we needed more extra characters. Uh but you touched on something. You said Daniel looks like a little doucher, and like when I first watched this movie, <laughs> I thought uh, Johnny looked twenty-five. Uh, who's the bad guy? And Daniel looked ten. But in reality, uh, Ralph Macchio, or Ma- yeah, Macchio was actually twenty-two Machio. years old. Macchio when he filmed this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty-two. It's insane. I never would
2: have guessed that. He looks like an infant. He looks like he should be like a freshman in high school, and maybe that's what they're playing him as, but shocking that he's 22 years old.
1: Also shocking because uh, a 21-year-old should be able to maybe, 22-year-old should maybe be able to act a little bit better. (laughs) He was the
2: top build, though.
1: He was build first, then
2: Miyagi. Oh, so I, I have it playing in the background right now, and they just entered the tournament. So good.
0: The best around. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, though. Act three. Anything else about the the setup of this, these characters? I, one thing I didn't remember was that there's marijuana in this movie. That uh Johnny, even though in, in the initial part of the movie he's straight laced, he doesn't want to drink a beer, is rolling a joint in the school bathroom during a dance. Uh, do you guys like that dance scene, or, or what do you think about that part of the film?
2: Could it maybe been rolling a cigarette, or is that? Actually- I don't think so. He called no, it a dude, number.
3: It was, was weird. Yeah. Yeah. A number. Doesn't want the yeah. empty calories of a beer. He just sticks one of my weed.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he had that on his mind. Well he's an athlete. He's an athlete. Pappy, when were you suggesting the first act ended?
0: Yeah. I was saying it goes up until when the skeleton gang is beat up by Miyagi and Daniel kinda blacks out. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I buy that.
3: Yeah. From that ass whooping.
0: Uh, that one's really bad. And Daniel ba- bounces back from these ass beatings extremely quickly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he beat so bad that he's like passing out from the pain or internal organ injuries. And he's like, just got a black eye at school the next day.
2: <laughs> I brought this up in the thread and I don't know if you guys touched on it, but so why did they move from New Jersey to Los Angeles? That was one plot hole that I didn't really understand because she works in a restaurant.
3: And I think she said she moved because of her job.
0: Rocket Computers.
3: Yeah, there was like a half a quip about a computer job or something.
0: Yeah, she didn't work at a restaurant. She got a job at Rocket Computers, and she was on a management fast track. Uh, Wait, so
2: was the scene where uh, Daniel's son met his mom for like lunch was just like lunch? I thought she was working there.
0: Uh, no, I think that was just a dinner, but you're actually talking about one of my favorite... Uh, cinematography moments of the film when you have the karate studio in the background. Oh yeah. That's lit- pretty cool. Literally in between them and mo- actually more on Daniel's side. And then he's, uh, he's not being direct and talking with his mom about what he- what his uh, experiences are in California. I thought that even though this is a cheesy 80- 80s movie moments like that really set this apart. And it was directed by Dave or John G. Avildsen.
1: Who also directed Rocky. Oh, wow. Are you talking about when they were in the background, like you could see him in the window and they're kind of all reacting to him, talking to his mom? Yeah, mother. exactly. He wanted yeah. to
2: come over and like beat him up, but I think the other guys pulled him back because he's eating with his mom or whatever.
1: Yeah, I was just going to hit on a separate thing in the first act, and that is, I think in the first act, uh, this girl falls in love with him. Um, seemingly, she's like super popular girl in school. And she likes him. She explains later because he's different. And I didn't find much substance in that at all. She waited for him for, like, I don't know, like a month or something, too, when he's, like, disappeared. I just didn't understand it. It, it, I I don't know.
2: You didn't understand, like, the romance part or
1: what? I I don't. I don't know why. um, I, I get why he thought she was hot or something. She thought he was different, so she's waiting like months for this kid, which is like an eternity. Wait, in high where school time.
2: were the months? Where are these months happening? Well, it's
1: hard to tell because the months. No,
0: no, the, the, there's a very clear timeline because it takes place between Halloween and December 22nd. So the whole thing's only two months. It says on the poster, uh, December 22nd. And then this is at a Halloween dance because he's dressed up like a shower. Yeah. Facts.
2: yeah, good call. Yeah, I didn't think it would be months, but I could see the appeal of. I mean, he's a East Coaster coming out to the West Coast. That's just people like different things, stuff that's not the normal. So I think that's probably the take on that.
3: But people like Ralph Macchio?
2: No, they shouldn't. But that, <laughs> he was cast as the main character, Danielson. So uh, they had no, no choice.
0: <laughs> he's definitely the only Italian in California by the looks of it. <laughs> definitely. Oh, and does
3: he? Ha- does he let everybody know?
0: <laughs> the, the only last thing I wanted to touch on is how over-the-top 80s bad guy you have of the uh, Cobra Kai gym and crease, the... Uh, no way miss,
1: sir! And what is that way? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir! I can't hear you! Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, but sir! Who would be allowed to
0: teach children these philosophies?
3: I, like, I liked uh, all the uh, pictures he had of him back in Nam, with, like, scalps in his hands and stuff. I did not notice that. Oh, I missed that. (laughs) Was
2: it just like up in the dojo or like up in the...
3: Yeah, it was in the dojo and he was just like, it was like old army pictures of him like holding his gun with war paint on his face and stuff like that. It was really weird.
1: (laughs) Dude, I don't remember that. That's funny. Something that just struck me is that that guy reminds me a lot of uh, Mighty Ducks, the Iceland coach. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. He's kind of that same no mercy sort of like super over-the-top macho. I think he's attitude. the same guy.
0: Even Napoleon Dynamite, bow your sensei. Bow your sensei! <laughs> a little bit <laughs> of that. All right, so I think we should get into act two now. This is probably the most famous act of the whole movie. Um, so we, like I said, we open up with uh, Daniel coming out of a blackout, and uh, Mr. Miyagi takes him to the Cobra Kai gym and ends up enlisting him in a tournament uh, to buy his freedom. Um, in this act, we get sort of the plot line of Daniel's character arc of going from an underdog... Uh, To learning the skills of karate first by doing menial tasks around Miyagi's house and then by actually applying it to karate skills. Uh, During this time we also get sort of a a love arc with Allie as she falls in love with uh, um, Daniel with a date at some some golf world um, and then fall out of love when a kiss is misinterpreted by Daniel in the country club. Um, So I guess we should also start about the most famous line, wax on, wax off. What did you guys think about the famous sort of development and training of this movie? I liked
2: it. I liked it a lot because it built up to Daniel's breaking point. And at his breaking point, he was ready to quit. He's like, look, dude, I'm just doing all your chores. Like, what the hell? I thought you were going to teach me some karate. And then uh, that's when Miyagi um, got a little stern. He was like, Daniel, come back. And Because uh, Daniel was like storming out of there. And he came back. And that's when... He actually Miyagi actually went like full th- like punches and all his training of like waxing the car and cleaning the ground and painting the fence were actually just like defense um, moves and it was able to um, block block his strikes. So I thought it was really cool that it was like built up to his breaking point and that basically translated into like him being really good in defense for
1: karate. I think it was a little unbelievable that that was able to happen in a four-day span. <laughs> yeah. But I still think that was the best part of the movie. A little that, To me, that was the, my favorite scene of the movie. And I don't think it's because necessarily his training kicked in. But I think Mr. Miyagi is the best character by far. Like, like not even close in this movie. And that's the first time you see him get stern and get... Show a different side and show depth of character, and that kind of really stuck with me. When he's like, he's yelling at Daniel's ass, and I don't know why he calls him Daniel, <laughs> but um, it's the best. He, I don't either. he, but yeah, that part he like totally flips and like, this is how we do shit, and I think that's why it was memorable for me.
0: Pat Morita did receive an Oscar nomination for his role, the only one that this film uh, received. Money, what do you think about that training montage?
3: uh yeah it is totally unbelievable, but that you can create a championship fighter through forced labor <laughs> but that is the best scene of the movie where uh Miyagi does kind of freak out on him and forces him uh into into showcasing like what he's learned but he he you can train him like that all you want, but uh Daniel is so scrawny and skinny that. None of this is believable at all of him winning a karate tournament. Spoiler alert. Whoa, yeah, dude. Come on. (laughs) It's really hard to... It's really
1: unbelievable. What do you think, Pap?
0: Well, well, one thing I did note from that training uh, montage is that uh, the wax on and wax off line is super famous, but right after that, Miyagi has a line where he says, Walk on the road. hmm? Walk right side. Safe. Walk left side. Safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes or karate do no. You
1: karate do guess so just like grip. Understand?
0: And that is basically a verbatim ripoff of do or do not, there is no try from Empire uh, Strikes Back Yoda. Mm. Um anybody else notice
1: that? I didn't that? notice it. How is that a ripoff? Explain.
0: It's like the same concept, but just different words.
1: So he's saying left and right side. I thought he was saying, like, that's a defense tactic. I didn't realize he was saying that that's, like, a left and right side of the road is not trying. I didn't catch that. I
0: thought it was, like, an analogy for jumping into karate, where it's, like, you either go all in with karate or you stay out of it. Um but if you half ass it you're gonna get hurt. maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. yeah, I like that. I too. like that
1: interpretation. I mean that line stuck with me, and I think pretty much everything he says in this movie you're kind of l- listening with like a bent ear to pick it up. I mean he's totally a Japanese caricature, and it's almost a little racist how Japanese he is, but he does portray that like he's just oozing with wisdom. So, like, I find myself trying to, you know, I even rewound a couple of times. Like, okay, I right thought there? he said
2: fuck one time. I, I forget where it was. It was, uh, he was, get, he was, get, he was getting no. stern with Daniel's song and he just, like, started rambling, and it sounded like, what, what, what the fuck? Like, it just, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember the part. I just saw it, too. Gosh darn it, I forget the part. But I could have swore he said fuck, and it's the second time. I don't I think well, so. Well, because I watched it a couple of days we'll ago. Well, speak.
1: Speaking of fuck, and you said gosh darn it, for a PG movie, this has a lot of uh, cussing. I, I I bet there's like five or six goddams and bunch of ass, and I don't think this flies as a PG movie in uh, 2017, very, put it that very
0: way. Very similar to Cool Runnings, when we watched that, we were shocked by some of the soft racism, if you will, and also like the strong language of that movie. I think it's just a different standard for these movies and though.
2: the amount of leather used in uh, John Candy's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> we did spend a lot of time breaking that down. I don't think we need to return there. Uh, one thing about this second act,
0: uh, as famous as that training montage or training sequence is, one thing I didn't remember or just never knew was that you get the backstory of Miyagi and that he is like a world war two veteran whose wife died and an in an internment camp, camp? during the birth yeah. childbirth um
1: which is why you just had a uh excuse it. me had a, a, a
2: rick and from rick and morty burp there <laughs> that was brilliant that, sorry that was an emotional moment They got the butter <laughs> of me there
0: uh but uh So that's sort of like the father-son dynamic where that Daniel-son and uh, Miyagi develop because obviously Daniel doesn't have a dad and that's not addressed in this movie. Um, Did that resonate with you guys emotionally at all or is that just too cheesy, the backstory of of Miyagi and and getting drunk on his wife's
1: anniversary? I didn't really sink in until I think he gave him the car that it's like, okay, this is kind of filling in for his lost son. And then I think it's pretty clear the whole m- movie is really that father son bonding experience. I think. Don't yeah, you I think, think that's, that's pretty clear. I mean, somebody talked about somebody talked about it being like Romeo and Juliet with the love story. <laughs> I think that's far more the secondary story, and then it's really the father son. I thing think uh,
3: him getting yeah, drunk was a little distracting because he's just so.
2: It was. It was out of character.
3: Yeah, it was really out of character, and he's really funny he's a really funny drunk but he's kind of sad empathetic but like josh said uh when he gives him the car that's kind of when you understand how much uh daniel kind of means to mr miyagi
0: which is a sweet ass car way. Yeah, that car is dope. well i think
2: he gave him the car too before that um drinking scene because the the scene where he's drinking he ends up passing out and daniel actually like puts him on his side and then reads the note where he finds out what happens. So the car didn't, I think the car happened before that, but I don't know if. Yeah, the car happened when um, he yelled at him because he was about to quit for doing all the chores. No,
1: no, no, no. Car happened when he got his, his birthday. license. You got a birthday a bit cake later. For- oh, believe. yeah.
0: Yeah. That was birthday present number two. The first one was the,
1: <laughs> the
0: gi, yeah, the and the gi. second one was the car. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so he he gave him something that his uh, dead wife made and then gives him a car, which is totally something a stereotypical father would do for a son. Which
0: I have a huge problem with that scene, too, because Daniel's rushing off to see his mom, but uh, Mr. Miyagi gives him a new car and he's like, well, time to go patch things up with Allie at the (laughs) other day fuck my mom. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wouldn't you do the same if you got that sweet
2: ride with them wheels? Uh. It's like I got a cruise before I go see
0: mom. So that was the last thing about the second act. Does the does the love story and that sort of arc work for you guys at all? It it didn't for me. That was probably one of my least favorite parts. And and that's what really adds to this two hour runtime. Is like I would have just rather had Allie stand by um, Daniel the whole movie and not have that little mix up. Yeah, uh, but
2: I would I would I would like to see someone else's perspective on it. Like a like a girl that grew up in the eighties or something. Because I feel like that romance might have been like a heartthrob kind of thing back then. Like just one of those high school stories. I mean, this was 1984. I'm sure like Ralph Macchio was such a like, dream. Like girls loved him. I'm sure that was like a big part of this movie was to get, you know, chick chick butts in the seats as well. As, as well as dudes trying to watch karate. But I, I bet I would be... I'd like to see someone else's take on that because I mean, we're four dudes that are probably going to be like, yeah, it didn't really work on me, but you know, we're older now and this movie was made for like high schoolers and, and younger. So I don't know.
0: Josh, question for you. You didn't really, you said you didn't really like this part, but uh, there's also a whole theme that we haven't even touched on, which is the, the class dynamic where we have Allie lives on the hill and Ralph is from the valley. That was my um, Romeo and Juliet. One of the take first. On that. Yeah, one of, the, one of the first scenes in the movie is their car stalling out um, as they're trying to move across the country. And there's always sort of this undertone where you know this family doesn't have a lot of money, and Allie's family clearly does. Um, could that have explained the attraction between Allie and Ralph? Maybe it was like, he's different, he's from the valley, not from the hill kind of thing?
1: Yeah, like she was in a rebellious state against her parents or something. I I guess you're the only father on this panel. watch so now.
2: But he was also a nice dude. And her ex boyfriend was like a what jerk. What does that have to do you know with I mean? it? Like she might have just wanted to go after a nice dude for putting up with like the rich jerk dude for so long. Like I think that's got to be a a pretty good point to
1: yeah. I guess her attraction to him was just one small part. I I think in the second act when he. Okay, so he's ticked because she kissed this guy in his eyes, and her friend explains it to him, and then he goes up and says, "I'm a jerk." And then they're like hugging, and then she gets really pumped to drive his car because it's the '80s now. <laughs> drive cars the 80s. So, like,
0: what? <laughs> th-
2: <laughs> Jamie, look that up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they—that's a line yeah, in the yeah. movie, and. I, I didn't really buy that and I think really it comes down to what you said, Pap, and that's the movie was two hours, which is a little bit too long for the karate kid. And that could have been I, I agree. She should have just stood by him. She should have been on it just in his corner and this is about the karate No, this is about, about
2: karate and a kid. It's the, the back and kid.
1: forth.
3: Let's be honest here. This relationship isn't gonna isn't gonna last. <laughs> but uh, I think it's what I think it's what well. There is, is a gratifying too. <laughs> <laughs> I think it uh, has a lot to do with what Vince is saying that it's trying to get uh, more asses in the seats. So I think they're trying to angle towards a female kind of perspective because I know my mom has seen this and she enjoys this movie.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I bet like a chick perspective on this pod would be probably good to hear. They're probably like, oh, he's so dreamy for like a high school. Dude, I don't know.
0: Unfortunately, none of us know any women, so it's impossible. Um, (laughs) 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 So I guess we should just get on to Act 3 then, which is what we're here to talk about. The day of the karate tournament, the All-Valley Under-18. We see Daniel's son work his way up to the tournament finals, get magically healed, healed by Mr. Miyagi at the last second. And an abrupt walk-off ending, uh, where Johnny says, "You're all right, Lil Russo." What did you guys think about the big conclusion of this movie? Bad. Oh, boo! Bad. <laughs> boo. Why bad? Josh
3: is sweeping
2: the
0: Why
3: leg sweeping right now. The leg? Why bad?
0: What do you mean?
1: Well, uh, like you said, the the abrupting the abrupt ending had no sort of down movement that a typical story should have. Uh, kind of the fallout of the win. He won, it cut to black, and also the fact that his arch rival, uh, with no kind of breadcrumbs leading to it, just all of a sudden is cool now. Uh, Didn't buy it, didn't buy that character development, there's no arc for him to be nice, and yeah, I also just thought the action sequences were shit. What do you mean you didn't understand
3: about uh, him just saying, Yo LaRusso, we're cool now? didn't understand that
1: yeah have you,
0: have you ever had a fight with one of your brothers where it's like you got yeah. a bunch of tension going into it then you sort of blow off all your steam and the physical contact and you're then you're cool
1: no because if you lose you're even more mad and he lost <laughs> and now he's like you're cool so no i don't i don't buy that i get
2: what you're saying it was definitely rushed i would agree with that but i i get what they were trying to do too i mean he actually handed the trophy off he took it from the announcer and handed it to danielson and i think it was that kind of like. He had mad respect for him after that. Because, like, they tried everything. They, they even had, like, his buddy before in that match try to go after him and hurt him. And he, like, did, like, a super sweet, like, Street Fighter two down kick on his leg. It was fucking awesome. And took him out. Bobby. But, yeah. like, they were trying to hurt him. And that, like, threw the match. And so they went into it. And then Daniel son wins. I think it was just that, like, passing respect. Like, the jerk finally found out. Or at least came to his senses that, like, I got beat. And he wasn't a douche. After being beat, he kind of accepted his defeat and and passed that torch, um, almost literally. But uh, I I see what you're saying. It was definitely rushed the character arc of him being a piece of shit to being like, oh, we cool now, right? So I get that. Um, but I get what they were trying to do too.
1: In a, in a two-hour movie, I don't see how there's any need to I wrap mean, he's that up. <laughs> the arc rival. Ooh. Arch or arc Rival, I don't know. but he, Arch, there's maybe? I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah.
3: We don't have a
2: podcast.
1: I don't know. Yeah,
3: with, I don't know with, the, with all the time that was spent on the love interest part, and then this final tournament is only like 10 minutes long. It's kind of disappointing, I guess.
2: So, I liked it. Am I the only one that liked the the Act 3? I thought the, them finally getting... No, from-
0: I'm completely on your side, Vince. I, I think that the action itself is actually well shot eighty-four, i feel like if you if you made the karate kid today which they did you gotta get a lot of like over the shoulder up close um quick cuts and you can't see the action this pulls back a little bit you can see the uh actor's full body and the matches themselves i mean i didn't know anything about karate but you catch on pretty quick it's first to three points and you can only, like, kick him in certain spots. But speaking you know, of three points, specifics. didn't daniel win, like,
2: seven matches with one kick? I don't understand that part, <laughs> unless it was just for montage No, sake.
0: You, get all th- you get all three points in all the matches. I'm pretty sure. Yeah,
2: it seemed like a couple of matches he just, like, got one kick to the leg, and then they moved him on.
3: The last match was, like, five points, which they didn't ever mention. No, because it went
2: 2-2. I think it's first to three. So it went 2-2, and then daniel got the last one. That was my take.
0: I think there were a couple of hits for excessive content contact, but I th- I like the fighting, I and I think that the music you're the you're best, best. round, um, which was actually originally da da written for Rocky Three, but Rocky Three went with I Have the Tiger instead. I think that's a fitting montage for this, and like sort of the quick walk off ending. Like I said, that's sort of what we want, and that's sort of just like the I don't know, like the last sort of flash of action and then boom it's done we don't need a lot of like cool down after that yeah i i don't know i
1: guess it is cheesy the the false kind of start you think this is going to be about him and his mom kind of finding their place in the world and she really fades out as a character after the first first act and I, i really wanted to see mr miyagi maybe continuing his training and you know, he doesn't have to fight anymore, but he still values karate is kind of what I was thinking. Like,
2: Dude, just wait for Karate Kid 2. There's a
0: part two for that,
2: Josh. <laughs> the training continues for young. Yeah, for young I don't think
1: things. I will ever watch that, but we can wait for the... <laughs> <laughs> well, if I went true,
2: yeah, I'm picking it in spite. <laughs>
1: Punishment. No,
3: nah, no, no. Yeah, his mom didn't even bother to show up to his karate tournament. She's kind
0: yeah, of was she even there? Move. I feel like she... She was she there. There's yeah. shots of her in the stands. In the bleachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: She's there, but she's not focused in on... And
2: She's on computers. <laughs> probably. She's yeah, texting. She's <laughs> computering. She's computering.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what we did in the 80s. We computered.
2: Computered all the time. We.
0: <laughs> so that takes us through Karate Kid. Any other thoughts before we get into uh, our yes or no's?
3: Uh, I think Mr. Miyagi makes up
1: uh, the best portion of this movie yeah and you'd mentioned the cinematography earlier i think you're right in the scene that you mentioned and there's a couple scenes on the water that are pretty cool um other than that a lot of it looks like it could have been taped on a vhs camera (laughs) Um, so not super great cinematography in this movie but there are some moments and then you also touched on the soundtrack and i gotta say
2: i thought it was good uh,
1: No, this is like the worst soundtrack (laughs) I've ever heard. Oh man, I loved it. Oh man,
2: Josh, I'm gonna counter it. I'm gonna say it's like a really good, good soundtrack. So I wasn't alive ever in the eighties, you were, but I think like all the songs (laughs) they picked for each scene were so fitting. I mean there's a couple scenes where it was like, did they write this song for this stupid, cheesy, terrible movie scene? Like, it made no sense. Like, it, but it, like, the words just went so perfectly with what was going on. I don't have any other examples other than. Well, would
1: you listen to any of those songs on your own time? Back in the 80s? Probably all the time. Is it good music?
2: I admittedly hate all 80s music. I'll say that right now here, live. Um, but no, yeah, I would never listen to that shit. Like, not a fucking chance. But I thought it was, like, perfect for an 80s movie. And I think you have to, like, respect how terrible a lot of shit was in the 80s. When you go back and look at a time, because that was a <laughs> oh terrible, come terrible on decade. what terrible there's decade. great
1: eighties music <laughs> they had a lot to choose. No, from. No, there was
2: good eighties music. I, I shit on the eighties just because it's fun, but I know I would not listen to any of those songs. No way,
1: Pappy. What do you think about this soundtrack? I mean, we joke about the best around, and it's kind of funny. And I, <laughs> nothing. Any time I heard music, I was like, I was just immediately rolling my eyes and like, please. Don't play this music. <laughs> well, this brings me back to another
0: episode, uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I criticized for having one of the worst soundtracks that we had, but it was distinctively 80s. Whether or not I like the, these songs, this makes this a pop culture icon film of the 80s, and the songs really add to that, because you hear you hear that uh, electric drum, and you hear that uh, ba-da-da! epic building and you know it's a fucking 80s song right then and there so like i mean whether or not i would listen to it is irrelevant it serves its purpose and makes this a definitively 80s movie which has sort of been kind of the theme of the movies that i've picked so far in this pod pap you are the 80s
1: guy of this pod but i i guess i would counter that in saying when they make this movie they're choosing music that they think conveys like an emotion And I don't think it did that. You can look back on it later and say, yeah, it's typical of the eighties, but did it help the movie itself and while you're watching it? I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent, but didn't didn't like it. Well then let's
0: just get to your yes or no. What'd you think of the film overall and would you give it a yes or a no? Josh.
1: First. Okay. Um, Set the tone. So, yeah, Mr. Miyagi carries this movie. Um, unfortunately, you're, he's not really in Act 1, which is almost half of the movie, and um, I don't think they really finished... I, I would. I, I mean, he finds his new son in Daniel Son, so I think that's why he calls him Daniel Son. I think it's a little bit symbolic because that's becomes his kind of son and there's some good moments in this movie and there's some parts of this movie that have carried on through pop culture and everyone knows wax on wax off pappy talked about that earlier but as a movie as a whole i have no choice but to give this a no um it the karate kid is just uh it's not unwatchable but there's a lot of better movies, and I can't say that I would recommend this to a friend.
0: Wow.
1: Mikey, how about you?
3: Um, I like the Karate Kid. Uh, I've seen it a bunch of times, and I know it has its cheese, but that's kind of like the reason to watch it. Um, Daniel as a kid in high school is probably one of the most awkward characters around, and Mr. Miyagi is. Really one of the b- best parts of this movie. Um, the best around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I got to disagree about the soundtrack, though, with Josh. I mean, when you think about the 80s, there's a lot of movies that have, like, iconic soundtracks. And this would definitely be one of those movies. Um, everybody knows it for the song. Uh, the best around. Um, but, yeah, I like this movie it's uh it's just cheesy fun and there's a pretty good story in there so i say yes
1: i dare you to put this soundtrack on your phone and listen to it straight (laughs) through i dare you i'm not saying i'm gonna
3: listen to it. i'm saying like when you think of soundtracks this is one of them like everybody knows the best around and what it's from
0: vince the intern what say you Uh,
2: i say yes and i think it might be member berries and i and I don't even care. So fuck, fuck it. I say, yes, I really enjoyed this movie. Pappy, when you picked it after Pulp Fiction, I, I might've audibly said fuck, but also I was thinking, if I didn't say it, cause I did not want to watch it. Um, but I've watched it three times since, since Pulp Fiction. Um, <laughs> since we've recorded <laughs> that and I enjoy it. <laughs> nice. I actually enjoy this movie. I think it's, it's cool. Like, and I get what Josh is saying about the music and the soundtrack. Cause, uh, you couldn't catch me dead with that soundtrack. Like, plugged into my car when I'm driving to work or something that's it's not good it's not good but
3: but I think it's I think it fits Pulling up to work in your firebird
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think it as Mikey said best is it's like a timepiece and it definitely fits the the, the movie like it, you play some of those songs and you'll immediately think oh that's from this so I don't know but I think this might be member bears for me uh because I do remember what liking it as a kid but I I give it a yes.
0: Well, uh, Stevie, uh, producer, write in. in. Couldn't couldn't be on the podcast, but as per his form, when I host, he will write in a negative review. So I'll attempt to read that now. hashtag Pray for Pap. Um, We can always edit this later.
2: (laughs) You can't read Pap. It's okay.
1: (laughs) No edits.
0: This movie is not good. The beginning is a mess. (laughs) Yes. Across the country felt really weird. Much of this film felt like the directors were fired or in place after every 15 minutes. Danny isn't a very likable protagonist. I'd be pissed too if I lost my girl and some rap scallion from Jersey swooped in on her. From where? Overall, I'm not happy I watched this movie. Again, because younger me liked this movie a lot, but now that, older, that I'm older, it's just not enjoyable. Daniel's son wins fights with just one point. His opponents forget about his sidestep kick to the chest, even though everyone from the Cobra Kai watches these fights. What parents entrust their children to be taught by a martial arts, by <laughs> taught the martial arts by the Cobra Kai, sensei? Dude is a psychopath. We enter paragraph three. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi is the only redeeming quality of this movie. The only redeeming quality in all caps. (laughs) The end is super underwhelming and loaded with cheese. No way in hell. A one-legged Danielson is taking out the previous year's winner, Johnny. Oh, and all of a sudden Johnny is cool with Danielson because he beat him? Please. (laughs) Please. (laughs) this movie may have been great when it first came out but it has aged horribly it's a no for me one famous montage is not enough to save this less than stellar movie and another thing when daniel's son is at the country club and gets his plate gets the plate of food spilled all over him is one of the most cringeworthy things i've ever seen everyone just points and laughs parents respected affluent people of the community just point and laugh (laughs) absolutely ridiculous
1: i love stevie stevie's so smart
0: well, Stevie isn't here to defend himself, but I will say that last week he said Pulp Fiction was one of Quentin Tarantino's worst movies. So you That's recorded, too, yeah. His. But at least
1: he <laughs> gave that a yes.
0: Uh, I guess for me, uh, it's a yes. Woo! It's my first time seeing it in a really long time. Um, so it's almost like watching it again for the first time, uh, if this wasn't my first time. It's cheesy, and the, the surrogate father story is a little bit forced, um, although it is subtle and well-constructed. Uh, I think that the form of this movie really does hold up. There's good craftsmanship in the way that the shots are framed. Um, it is a slow burn. It's recognized by critics as being great. Robert Ebert gave it four stars. Um, it's a pop culture milestone. And, like, if you haven't seen this movie, you have a hard time saying that this isn't a movie that you should see at some point in your life. Yes. It's got to be a yes for me. So a mixed bag there. I think that was three and three two. Three, two. Three, two. Yeah. Three, two. So... You know, eat it while you still can. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's preserved. Are you guys ready for some trivia? Yeah.
1: Yes. Peppy, were you so this were a... you reading your yes answer too, or is that just straight from the heart?
0: Uh, I had some points and I connected them. Oh
1: wow! <laughs> I thought they were well connected. It it, it felt good, <laughs> but I disagree Thank with you, you. But it felt good. <laughs> well, thank you. I, You're wrong, I was, but like, nice was good. Nice
0: affirmation. If you'd like to leave us nice <laughs> affirmation, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Um, <laughs> but for trivia, the today's trivia question is called "How I Met Your Happy Days." Uh, hands off the keyboard, gentlemen. So, Billy Zapka and Ralph Macchio. Uh, Billy Zapka who played Johnny, and Ralph, who obviously played daniel son, would later go on to co-star. I think in nine or ten episodes of "How I Met Your Mother." And Pat Morita, of course, played Al on Happy Days. So I have assembled a list of a certain number of episodes from the sitcoms Happy Days and How I Met Your Mother here on the spreadsheet. Oh, jeez. We're going to play a little Last Man Standing, Uh, going through one at a time. I'll give you the title of the episode, you have to identify which sitcom it was came from um nice since i, <laughs> I like an- that since i was anticipating having a couple more people this list is pretty long so i'll give you guys two strikes we'll play beer league softball rules two strikes you're out um you get one miss does that sound cool with everybody all right all right yeah. and the order the order will be in reverse order from most recently hosts so we'll go josh first then mikey then vince Woo. so josh you're up first on how i met your happy days The title of the first episode is Our Gang Was that Happy Days Or How
1: I Met Your Mother Our Gang Oh man
0: How I Met Your Mother That's one strike for Josh That was a Happy Days episode Mikey Over to you Uh, The second title is Monday Night Football That is How I Met Your Mother Correct Vince, the intern. You've got. Guess who's coming to visit?
3: I uh, met your mother. Cool.
0: Oh, sorry, I was happy days. <laughs> <You bastard. laughs> What is this? The right? Oscars. We've got Josh and Vince with one strike after round one. Uh, back to Josh. This is nannies. Nannies.
1: I met your mother.
0: Correct Yes <laughs> Mikey, you have The Muckrakers uh, Happy Days Correct oh. Mikey stays alive with zero strikes Over to Vince He must get this to stay alive And stay eligible to host the next episode of Spoilers Your title is The Magic Show oh, I not your mother Vince has been eliminated. That was an aftertaste <laughs> episode. Why are you
2: making it so long? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Slow roller. Yeah. Over to Josh now with one strike. He must get this to stay alive. Josh, the title of your episode is Nose for News.
1: Uh, is that N O apostrophe S or N O S E? N O S E. F O R. Nose for News. Was that Richie trying to do some story, or was, no, I'm going to say that was uh, Robin, because she was a news something anchor. I'm going to say that's How I Met Your Mother. Put him in a body
0: bag. We have a new champion. Mikey will be our host no. of spoilers next week. That was a Happy Days episode. (laughs) Glad we made it through eight episodes when I had prepared 80 for the game. (laughs) Time well spent on my part. (laughs) Time well spent. Uh, So, Maggie, we'll give you a second to... uh, Think about what movie you're going to pick um, while we go through the plugs here. If you'd like to email us, it's podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Our Twitter is spoilers underscore pod. We have a website that we mentioned earlier developed by Vincy Internets, Infern. podcastspoilers.com. It's not um, bad. If you enjoyed what you heard today, or if you hated what you heard today, uh, search for us on iTunes, movie spoilers, click the serial bowl, and then click that reviews tab and give us a number of stars. We'll read that on the air. We also have a phone number, but I don't have that in front of me, so I don't think we'll say that this week unless somebody else does. I got
2: you. Just a second, just a second. I got our hotline bling. Here we go. It's coming.
0: That's Uh, why we don't pay them.
2: Yep, don't pay me shit. So the hotline bling is 903 776 4507, and it spells spoil somewhere in there, but I don't know. You do the math.
0: And I think that's everything. So, Mikey, what movie will we be spoiling next? Uh well I think I'm gonna have to choose Blade Runner. Woo Nice. Which uh cut? <laughs> or yeah, just choose choice. your own adventure. Oh <laughs> uh,
3: gotta be the director's. Yeah, thing. uh I guess we can try and figure that out at a later time.
0: Directors
1: But
3: yeah, there's a million cuts of this, isn't there?
1: Are we yeah. stuck in the eighties right now?
3: We're just stuck.
1: Hey, you're stuck. We ain't never been but- there. Hey, can I do a callback to Pulp Fiction episode really quick? Please. Stevie was very adamant that Pulp Fiction took place in the 80s.
2: 90s, for sure. Right? Yeah, he's wrong. Since he's not on this episode,
0: it's will call him wrong. Yeah. Definitely wrong. 90s. I believe it was a 90s film.
1: Alright, that's all I had.
0: <laughs> that was Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>